Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Praise God. You can have a seat. How are we doing this morning? All right, not bad, not bad. That's good to hear. God is indeed great. Just so appreciate. We could just sing that and say, all right, that's good. We have worship today, but we got more to do. Um, I, I, I want you to imagine that um, you're on one of these new reality uh, TV shows, okay? You guys look like reality stars to me, for sure. Um, and, and so it, it, we'll just call it, since it's, uh, I'm dreaming it up, we'll just call this The Mission, okay? And, and on this game show, right, you're given a mission. You've got to accomplish it to, to win. And we're good? All right. Uh, and, and, and you got to accomplish it. So, so you, you stand there, and it's like, here's the mission, okay? And, and so the first one, um, I have a towel because last night I got so much sap in my hands, it was disgusting. So learn from your mistakes. And you're, you're given uh, not just a couple, but a bunch of logs like this. This is the mission. And they just drop them in front of you, all right? And you are to, the mission is to split uh, three cords of wood in just a, a, about, you know, a few hours, maybe five or six hours. We'll give you some time, all right? And, and that's the mission. How many think they could do it? Anybody? See, you guys are smart crew. Amazing, right? You know, you know why you couldn't? Because you'd have to do it with your bare hands, wouldn't you? Some of you guys, you're like, I think I can do it. But uh, that would be a mission that's impossible. Now, maybe that's not your mission. Maybe you, you come on the show and, and you say, the mission for you is you got to get one week from the East Coast to the West Coast, right? And, and how many think they could do that? In one week, right? Anybody? Anybody? So far, though, you have to realize that you have no transportation, right? You're just standing there. You're going to walk across the country in one week? Anybody? I don't think so. You guys look like you're in shape, but not good. That's a mission impossible, right? But that first mission, the logs, right? If I were to give you this, I really just have this because I want to see how many times I can bring an ax to church, right? And it's so many. And and so now how many think you could do it? Many of you could, right? (laughs) Some still not, right? But now it becomes, even though it's going to be tiring, it's going to be hard, it's absolutely possible. Right now, if the second the, the go across country and you're standing there like oh, I can never do this, and all of a sudden I roll up with a BMW brand new and say, "This is your transportation." How many could do it now? Yes, now you're like I'm in. Right? It'll still be tiring and exhausting, but you'll see some really cool stuff along the way too. Right? And and so a mission that seems impossible becomes possible. And the reason I bring that up is because we we start this. Um, the series, uh, and by the way, many of you saw the, the, the video, right, that, that I started. Did you know that I'm, I'm going to be up for Best Academy Award? Did you know that? Thank you. That's like a golf clap, I think. Um, I, I'm not going to actually go to the award show. It seems kind of dangerous to me. I don't really want to be a part of that. Too soon, too soon. All right. Well, uh, so, so the whole idea of this, though, is that this, this 120 uh, followers of, of Christ at this point are going to be given this mission. Um, and this mission would be impossible if it were up to them. If it was their talents, their abilities, their time, their strength, we would not be here today. But we're going to see that it's not, right? That, yes, God will use them, but it is the Spirit of God will come upon them and fill them 
And that is still our mission today, and the same Spirit of God fills us right now. And so if you're going to try to do this mission without the Spirit of God, you're going to be trying to crack open logs with your bare hands. It ain't going to work. Right? You're, going to, you're going to get exhausted and fail. But with the Spirit of God, this mission is not only possible, it's going to happen. The only real question is, are we going to be a part of it? Let's pray as we begin this series in Acts together. Lord, I, I just thank you that you have um, gathered us as you've gathered us um, all weekend and here for the, the, the third time, but also those who are online with us. Um, thankful for that and the technology for that. I thank you for our worship team, been faithful to lead us in song all weekend. I pray for those who are downstairs on mission with our kids and our babies. Bless that time. Open those hearts, young hearts, to your word and your truth. And Lord, I thank you that we can gather around your word today and know that we have the same mission that you gave Lord Jesus so long ago, that it's still our mission today. I pray that you would, um, not just today, but throughout the series, that you would give courage to us is to step into that mission that you've given us, to remind us that it's absolutely positive, uh, possible because you are in it with us. And we pray this, Lord. Praise and glory to your name. In Jesus' name. All God's people said... Amen, amen. Um, so by the way, I had a few people say, hey, you know what you should do to in, is, is to say, it's the acts of the apostles. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what I said. Last night and then this morning after the nine, you gotta do it, acts of the apostles. So by your groans, I should have just stayed with my instincts on that one, okay? Um, so if you, uh, we're gonna put it on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, you wanna follow along, it's real difficult, Acts chapter one. First one, all right, um, and, and, and we'll get going. By the way, if you don't own a Bible uh, or you know someone doesn't own a Bible, those few Bibles, we, please take that. It's our gift to you. Bring, you know, keep that or give it to somebody. We'll, we'll restock it for, for sure. Um, I also want to thank for those of you that knew about it and we're praying for uh, our elders, our, our leadership of our, our church did, as Bob referred in his prayer earlier, uh, we, we went away for a few days. Um, it's, some people are like, oh, do you feel refreshed? It's not that kind of retreat, right? Uh, it's a working retreat. We have a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of uh, good food uh, for sure, but uh, a lot of looking back and then looking forward uh, together. So thank you for the prayers. But one of the things, and I bring it up is because, um, and I'm not just saying this to butter you up before a sermon, uh, but by and, you know, pretty much unified, all the elders said, man, it is a privilege to lead this church uh, uh, all of you just make it a joy um, and, and really want to thank you. That's why if you watch the, the video, we're going to put on a, a, a dinner just to thank you dinner for, for you and, and for what you step into for us and for the Lord uh, as part of our church. And so that's May 14th. Um, it'll be at 6.30, so you can come to church at Saturday. If you don't have to, you could just uh, meet us at 6.30. And uh, we're gonna, it's going to be a homemade Italian dinner, and I say that because uh, with all confidence, Greg Masati uh, enlisted his mom. Uh, and she's been cooking big Italian meals for a long time. So uh, he was here at the 9. I'm like, I'm putting you on the spot. He seemed real confident. I'm like, that's because you're bringing your mommy along with you, Greg, right? Um, so be on the lookout for that. Hopefully you, you, can, you can join us. Um, we just want to uh, always just rejoice in the Lord and thanksgiving for all, all of you. Uh, so, uh, you know, as we, as we start this book, um, the, the Acts was, was written by Luke. Um, and let me really test your Bible knowledge. Do you know the other book of the Bible that Luke wrote? Wow. Did somebody say Ruth? I hope not. I hope not. 
right? He wrote Luke, right? So, so he actually is the same author of Acts. This is how we know, okay? It says, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands uh, through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. You see, you know, the Holy Spirit's mentioned in the book of Acts 39 times. It, it, that's what I, why I started the way I did. Holy Spirit's all over this, right? But uh, he, he, in the beginning, of, the beginning of the book of Luke, he says, O Theophilus, right? So this is like part two or book two. Just like we might have a series today or even uh, of several books. Um, they were written on scrolls then, and so you had the gospel of Luke, and now you're going to have this book two, which is what we call the uh, Acts of the Apostles, but I think it would probably be better as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he says, remember I, of what I wrote of you in, in that gospel, right? That, that, that all that Jesus, and I love this, don't miss it, began to do and teach. This isn't it, right? Yes, he's, we're going to see him ascend to the reign of the Father. But he's, his ministry goes on through the Spirit and through the church. But he continues to do and continues to teach us, right, through his Spirit. Um, and, and, and so he, he says, until, right, the, the day he was taken up. That's a reference to the cross, Okay, that he died for us, right? Luke taught us in that first book. Like birth stories, a lot of them come from Luke. God coming in the flesh. And he lived a sinless life, something that none of us could do. And you know that. You have, you've had, you have, some of you have babies, right? We love our babies, but what do we call them? Right? Vipers and diapers, that's what they are. That's what they are because they, they, right away, they're rebellious. That's all of us. We have that sinful spirit. We need a savior. Jesus lived a sinless life. Let's lift it up on the cross. We just celebrated that all last week to die in our place, right? So we don't have to, right? But, but it didn't stop there, right? And he, and he continues. And he also, um, in, in verse three, he presented himself alive to them. So he's risen. You guys remember last weekend? Have you forgotten already? Right, he's written. He's risen. He, he, he presented to them alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And, and so uh, this is where we learned it was a 40-day period in between the resurrection and what we're going to now see, the ascension. And, and it seemed like he kind of came and went, and he, and he appeared to them. And he taught them. He, he actually showed them. You can read in the Gospels how he showed he, he was tangible. It wasn't just some mystical or spiritual experience. It was physical resurrection. Uh, he ate with them. He even cooked for them. If you read John, a uh, cool meal right on the beach there, right? So, so all of this was tangible proofs. He was dead, but now he's alive. That changes everything. So we talked about last week. And so Luke reminds, that's what I, I told you in the first book. And so as he appeared to them in the 40 days, he, he spoke to them of the kingdom of God. They were excited about this, this new reign, the Messiah is going to reign. And, and they, were, they should be, but they were still kind of limited in focus, as we'll see. Luke continues, he says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, quote, Jesus said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So what we have here is a final scene of Jesus' ministry here. Now he's still continuing, right? He's at the right hand of the Father. But this is, he says, look, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're not going to leave because they're not, they don't live in Jerusalem. I want you to stay in Jerusalem. In a few days, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon, upon you in a powerful, powerful way. And, and, and it's, he's actually going to baptize 
you. And that confuses us a little bit, you know, because we use the word baptism as a religious word. Um, Baptizo, the Greek word, just means to immerse. And so John the Baptist immersed them in water, but it it signified something. It signified uh, repentance and preparation. When they got baptized by John the Baptist, that was different. It was saying, you are a sinner. You're recognizing I need a Savior. You come out of the water ready for that Savior. The problem is, right, if the Savior doesn't come, you're still not going to get saved. This just means you're ready for him, but he still needs to come, and that's who Jesus is. He comes and he saves. So now he says you're going to be immersed by the Holy Spirit of God. You aren't going to do this mission I'm about to give you without the power of the Spirit of God. And, and so uh, Luke continues. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Oh, do you see that? Still limited. Right? They recognize that there's blessings for other people, but they're still thinking it's going to just be for Israel. And they asked this question because they knew the, their prophecy. Joel chapter 2 said, in the latter days will come an, a powerful working of the Spirit. So they're thinking, Jesus just told us the Spirit's going to come upon us. Must be the end. He's going he's to bring the, the kingdom. But Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. And, and just like we saw a few weeks ago in our, our uh, last week, the final week's series, where Jesus said, hey, you're not going to know the day or the hour at the end. So stop fixating on that, right? And, and so he, he's saying we, we kind of live in this, we call it the already, not yet. Right? So he's already, be, between his life, death, resurrection, right, he's already ushered in the beginnings of the kingdom of God, but the, all of the promises and the, fru, the, the, the beauties and, and the, the fruition and the flourishing of that kingdom of God, it's not yet. It's not yet. So, so we're in this space as they, those early apostles were, we are too, and so what do we do? Do we just kind of, well, let's wait. Let's just live and die, and we'll just see what happens. He's given us this mission in the already not yet to, to accomplish something. So it gets us to the key verse of this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There it is again, right, all over the place. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So the mission is to be a witness, to tell the story of who Jesus is, what he's done. And to not just tell the story, but to tell our story. And, and he says, that's what I want you to do. And you already not yet, right? I want you to go. And it starts with Jerusalem. That would have made sense for them. Yeah, Jerusalem, city of David, city of God, absolutely. Judea, that still made some sense. That's still Jewish territory. That's still Israel, right? And then he says, I want you to go to Samaria. Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you know your, your history, they hate the Samaritans. Samaritans hate them. This Samaria was the capital of the northern tribes. After Solomon, they split into two. And then when God judged them through using Assyria, a superpower, Right? Their, their strategy of ending their distinction as a people was to intermarriage with them, and that's what happened. And so all of those people and their generations and generations now are what would be called by the true Israel half-breeds. Right? You're not the real people of God. And of course, the Samaritans didn't react very kindly to that. And now we have for generations now a people that do not understand each other and can't stand each other. Right? And, and so Jesus says, oh yeah, you're going to go witness the good news to them. Okay, all right, all right, that's a challenge. Then he says, oh, and then you're going to go to the end of the earth. 
Now, here's what they're hearing. Gentiles. They're not just hearing like it's a distance. That's not, we think distance. They're hearing Gentiles, non-Jews. Like, the, the message of the gospel is for them too? Like, I mean, obviously they've been around Jesus now for three years. They should probably have figured this out by now, and they probably did, right? But, but still, it's hard because they want, I want you to go to the ends of the earth. I want you to bring that mission to Jerusalem, Judea, or Samaria, and then to Rome, to Spain, to eventually all of Europe, and then eventually even the United States of America. We're here because some people were faithful, faithful to carry out the mission that Jesus gave them. That's why we're here. And so we are to be faithful. Well, I'm jumping the gun. Let's go. Keeps going. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. Imagine that scene. They're watching Jesus. He says, this is the mission. Go, right? And then he's lifted up in a cloud, and he disappears. Now, the cloud's important. If you know, again, the Old Testament, the cloud signifies the glory of God. I heard a, a married couple were arguing after church. I was like, what's the problem? She said, she said well, I, you know, I said I, I don't like clouds. I like bright sunny. And he said, Pastor Jamie just said the clouds are the glory of God. How can you not like clouds? I was like, you know, you've been married a while if you're arguing, arguing over clouds, right? And, and it was all in jest, of course, I hope. And, and so this, just imagine this scene. They're looking, and it's the glory of God, Jesus, right? And they might even have remembered, because God's presence with Israel was in the cloud, right? And then the, the transfiguration, when they saw the glory of Jesus, he was in a cloud, and then, like, you could just picture them. They're just staring, and then he disappears, and they're like, that was awesome, Jesus, Jesus? Jesus, right? Where'd he go? Where'd he go, right? We can't do this without Jesus. We can't do this without Jesus. And, and, and I just love that scene because Luke tells it. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, so it would have been angels, right? And said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And so picture it, they're like, where'd he go? They're just staring into heaven, all of a sudden, hey, yo. They look, and there's angels there. They're like, hey, why are you staring into heaven? Get to work. That's my translation. Don't, you know, don't, uh, right? Get to work. Like, he, he gave you a mission. I'll go do it. But the promise is still there. He will come again on the clouds. Like, that's a reference to Daniel. He will come and glory in the clouds, right? So, so he will come, but there isn't already not yet. It's not going to happen in a second. So he told you what to do in the meantime. Go, right? Witness all that you've seen and heard to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Go. And, and, and first thing, of course, the first step was to go and wait for the Holy Spirit because they ain't doing it without him. And neither are we. And so there's this mission that they had that we still have. And it's a simple mission, really. Right? And I, I think about um, this, uh, this idea of Jesus kind of giving them a mission and ascending is like a door. Right? You had this, this open door of, of Jesus' ministry, and as he ascends, it shuts. Right? But as it shuts, another door opens for the mission. Right? And that's where the mission is. Don't worry, I'm not going to leave yet, all right? But I want you to picture that. Door shuts, and they're thinking, oh, no. And he says, yeah, but I'm going to give you the spirit, and a whole other door of ministry is opening. And it's a simple, simple mission. Now, I've said this since I've 
been here. And you know that I've said this many times, simple, even though we use it as interchangeably, it doesn't, isn't the same thing as easy. All right, we use that in, oh, it was simple, it was easy. No, 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 no. Easy means not hard, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was not a lot of work involved, no problem, right? Simple just means not complicated, right? And this mission is simple but not easy. We've seen on this mission men and women burned at the stake, thrown to lions, stoned, imprisoned, persecuted to this very day in all sorts of ways. It can be tiring. It can be exhausting. It can hurt. It can make you feel ostracized. So not easy, but it's not complicated. Go and witness and tell the story so people will come to know this Jesus and the salvation that he brings. And so if you're here with us today, you're like, wait, if that's your ambition, someone, you know, in, invited me to church, are you, wait a minute, are you trying to make me a Christian? Yes, we are. It's not a secret. That's our mission. Now, we're not going to chain the doors and not let you leave, all right? We're not going to hit you with a giant Bible or anything like that. We just know why God has you here. You need, like, a, a better edition of who you are isn't what you need, right? A better, you know, a diet plan, a new job, a better relationship, this or that, more money. The, uh, all of those things will never, ever save you. You're lost in sin. Jesus came and died for you, and he invites you by faith, just like all the Christians who are here, to walk into that by faith. You still got doubts? You still got questions? So do I. Right? So does everyone here. We're being honest. But by, that's why it's faith. I need a Savior, and that is who it is. I'm Jesus, I'm going to come in by faith. That's our mission, is to tell you that and to go and tell everyone we can about Jesus. It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Right? That, 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 that he says to simply witness. Witness. What does that mean? What is this simple mission? Well, it's to tell the story, right? To tell your story. You have a story. We all do. You see, um, this, this mission, I want you to kind of picture it like um, a, a bus. Call it the mission bus, right? And it's been churning ever since Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit came. And it went from Jerusalem and it went to Judea and it went to Samaria. And we'll see that. That's the pattern of the book of Acts. And it eventually went to the ends of the earth and still is. We are the ends of the earth. Here's why I'm saying that. The bus is going to keep going. The mission is going to keep going. The question for us is whether we are on that bus, whether we are on that mission. It isn't will the mission be successful. It's a question of whether we'll be a part. Of it. Have you ever missed a bus? Anybody? A few of you? Oh man, I was notorious for that. We had, by the way, this doesn't really have anything to do. I'll just come over here and leave my notes over there. When, when I get behind a bus today, maybe I'm just getting old. I get so frustrated. It's not because they're going to go slow. That's good, right? It's safe. You know, they got kids. And it's not that they're going to, you know, stop every once in a while. That makes sense. They're a bus. But they stop at every single house. Have you noticed this? Way back in the olden days, they had this thing called a bus stop, okay? Where parents didn't go, all right? 
we did. We walked a few blocks, and we all gathered there, and the, the, the bus would pick us up. But maybe I'm just old. I don't know. So, so back in my day, we had this bus driver named Jane, and she seemed nice, but I think she'd been a bus driver too long. She was very passive-aggressive, right? She would, she would drive. She would hit every single pothole and bump. One day, we heard one kid, not me, I promise, um, yelled out, Jane, you got to turn around. She's like, why? You missed a pothole back there, and you were 9 for 10, and I want you to get a perfect score. Must have been a video game player, right? And, 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 and so uh, that was Jane. And yet, and still, like, what would happen is I'd get out, and the bus stop was going down Ashlot Street, take a left on Park Avenue, and a few blocks down there was the bus stop. Not too far of a walk, and yet so often, most every day, I'd walk out of my house, and I'd be coming down Ashlot Street, and here comes the bus, right? And Jane's driving. She didn't look at me, but I knew as I start running, that bus just started speeding up just a little bit. She's trying to get those kids on and leave me in the dust. So I, I usually would make it, but every once in a while, I'd miss it. I'd have to go home, and we had one car. My mom was like, I don't know what you're going to do. Good luck, right? And uh, I found a way, somehow, some way. And, and so I, I tell that story because if you think of the mission like a, like, like a bus, I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. We can miss it and think life is about the next weekend or the next vacation or this or that. And those things are fine. You know, I like those things too. But that's not the purpose of your life. And the reason we get so frustrated sometimes with everything around us is because we think our purpose is something that it isn't. Our purpose as Christians is this, is the mission of the gospel and to play our part, right, to be a part of it where God has planted us. This, this very, very simple uh, mission. You know, it's just to witness. What does that mean? Tell your story. Tell your story. Not just your story, but your story with Jesus. What has he done? What has he done in your life? How has he used you? How has he, how has he um, blessed you? you know? And I don't know, some of you are like, man, Pastor Jamie, my, my story is really boring. Like, my mom gave birth to me in the children's church area. She picked me up, breastfed me while she went on with the children's church lesson. Like, that was my life, right? <laughs> Instead of vacations, we went up to Bible camp and sang hymns. Like, that's what we did. And it's too boring. People don't want to hear that. Your life and your story, nobody's is boring. You have amazing, think about all God has protected you from, how God's blessed you by giving you the family he gave you, right? He, he's, he's protected you from so much, and he gave you so much. Tell your story. And I'm not saying go into work Monday morning and be like, I got a story, everybody. My life. Picture it. No, I'm not saying that. Right? Find your places. But, but some of you don't have a boring story. I mean, some of you can talk about being radically saved from addiction. You had parents who rejected you. Broken homes. You have a story of divorce. You have a story of mess. You have a story of all kinds of stuff that God, that you're here today. What did they say last week, right? We all have pasts. Some of us deep past. I said, keep your belongings close, right? You never know this place because we got pasts. That's your story. Don't be ashamed of it because that's the glory of God, what he's done in your life. Like some of you are staunch atheists. I know. Like, I don't believe in God at all. Now here you're worshiping Christ. Why? Because God rescued you. Man, that story is so profound. Whatever it might be, there's no such thing as a boring story. Just be willing to tell it. Be willing to be a part of that mission. And like I said, you're, it's not uh, an accident that you're a good athlete or musician or, or smart or intelligent or a good organizer or whatever. It's not an accident. 
You didn't just happen to get those. God uniquely formed you for mission. It's not an accident you're in the family you are. It's not an accident you have the neighbors you have. Right? It's not. It is, it is an opportunity. And man, has there ever been a better opportunity than right now to show someone the love of Christ? It's not that hard. Like, just don't scream at people and you're already up here. It's, it's tough out there, and it's easy for us to get frustrated as well. Uh, Heather, my wife, and I were talking yesterday. She's been a nurse over 25 years, and she said she doesn't think it's ever been this bad as far as how people are angry. And it's just, just the wor- people are realizing that the world is not going to save them, and they don't know what to do with it. And there's loss, and there's confusion, and there's frustration, and it's creating all kinds of ugliness, and all you have to do is not be, to not join the chorus of fist-waving frustration. Instead, show patience and love. I think I told you this story. I was going to a, a basketball game in the winter, and you had to buy your tickets in advance. I didn't realize that, and I got there, and I was like, oh, shoot. So I got my phone out, and I was doing it, and, and the guy selling it was actually was like trying to help me. I'm like, oh, thanks. He goes, he goes, no, man, I'm just really thankful you didn't scream at me. And I was like, what? Like, it was my fault. I didn't know. Like, what? But he's like, yeah, people have been yelling at me all night. I'm like, all I had to do is not scream at this guy, and he appreciated me. Like, it's never been easier if we look at it as not, oh, look at the world. Instead, say, look at the opportunity to bring this mission bus to my neighbors, to my friends, to my family, to my coworkers, to my schools, to my campus, right? The mission is simple, but it will not be easy. Right? Also, what, what we, we learn is remember that the mission has no borders. Has no borders. Right? Like, uh, remember, they're hearing this from Jesus be my witness in Samaria. Oh, right? So that's why today we, we give so much money to great missionaries who go, like Dave and Joy, who we prayed for this weekend. Right, that they go and they're bringing it to unreached people groups, translating the Bible into all kinds of languages so they can hear the story of Jesus. That's why we support that. That's why we send people and we pray that God will send missionaries from us. Right, but the borders isn't aren't just uh, national borders and borders of language, but sometimes it's the borders between you and your next door neighbor. Right, like oh, I can't stand that guy. Why does he mow the lawn with his shirt off every time? He's not 25 anymore, right? Like, and do it. Or someone at work frustrates you. Or, you know, and, and I'll be the first to admit it so you can feel good about yourself. But I have looked at someone and said, they need Jesus, but I don't think it's ever happening. Right? I don't think it's going to happen. And now, with the caveat of God might do a miracle, don't you understand that every one of us who are Christians is because of a miracle of God? I'm preaching to myself right now, so just, just be patient with me, right? Because we have these borders, like him, her, them, really, right? But this mission bus, this goes to the deepest, darkest, loneliest prison cell. It goes to the hospital bed, to the nursing home. It goes to a people group that have never heard of the living God, and they will respond because, right, the mission has no borders. Whether it's your neighbor, your coworker, it has no borders. We need to remember that. And so how do you start? Just look around. Do, maybe just start praying. Like Bob prayed earlier, if you noticed, give us gospel opportunities. And look and say, wow, I could be angry at this person or I could see it as an opportunity to share my story, to share the story of Christ, to share faith with them. 
So the, the, the mission has no borders, but also we need to remember where we began. The mission is powered by God. He said, what? The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Don't try to do this without him. That would be like trying to chop wood with your hands, trying to walk across the country within, in seven days. Ain't going to happen. But with the Spirit of God, this mission not only is possible, it's going to happen. The only question is, will we be a part of it? Right? We have to remember that because anytime you, you, you sit there and you think, like, like, I can't or I won't or I can't, like, we have some type of excuse as to why this isn't going to happen, you need to remember it's not you. It's the power of God in you and upon you. You can't forget that. Like I, I remember um, in, in college, um, I, I had this girlfriend. Thank God she's not my girlfriend anymore. She's not my wife, so just so you know. And she had, uh, on mission, wanted me to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believed in God. I've told you this story before. But we fought about this. Right? And, she, and she, if you know Heather, she's not a very passive person, right? And she just kept, and, and she was like, felt like it was her mission to see me come to Christ. And I was just, we would fight, and I was so angry, right? That there, there was many points where Heather was just like, I'm making this worse than better, right? There's just, this isn't working, right? But she would, needed to remember, as we all do, that this was a work of God. She was just being used by him. So, that uh, some of you have heard the story before, but she decided on her mission to pay for me to go to this college student um, uh, in Urbana on a uni- the campus of University of Illinois. And it's actually a missions conference. Thousands of college students come to this. So she's like, I'm going to pay for you to go. Oh, I was so angry. It was the day after Christmas we left. I was like, I didn't want to go at all. I was frustrated about the whole thing, but she was paying. What was I going to do, right? I didn't have much of an excuse. So, so I went. And I had the worst attitude you possibly could have. And the whole time she's thinking, oh, my goodness, this was a mistake. Like, I'm, like I, she's, she's doing what God wants her to do, but she's thinking the whole time, this isn't going to work. Look at him. He's, he's visibly angry about this whole thing. And we get there, and I'm angry. I'm in a room with people I don't know, all these weirdos, right? I don't know what these people are going to do to me, right? And, and I get in. And so then I had this roommate named Mark. Uh, remember his name? I haven't seen him since this conference, but I'll never forget his name. And he was my age, we had a lot in common. He liked some of the like, sports, he liked a lot of the things that I like, and yet he told me the story of Jesus in his life. He was willing. I had my other roommate, was a, actually an older guy, he was a pastor, had brought a bunch of college-age uh, girls. There was no guys, so he had to room with me. You know he was like, really, Lord? I thought I was going to have a nice Christian kid, and this guy's angry, right? But he actually spent the time and had lunch with me that wasn't why he was there. He was there with a Christian group that he brought. But he saw an opportunity, and he shared the story of Jesus with me. I remember another guy on our floor, an African-American pastor named James, a huge smile. Like, as angry as I was, I couldn't be angry around him. And I was just drawn to him, and he told me his story. I went, went in the arena. I heard music. I'm like, wow, these Christians can play a little music. I didn't realize that, right? I'd only heard some really boring stuff. And then speakers, all uh, on mission to someone who is angry and rejecting it. But in that arena, as I sat there one night, like feeling so alone and feeling so frustrated, it was like the Lord Jesus just, just, just tore it all away. And I just said, Jesus, I have no idea why you want me, but you got me. No idea why you want me. 
Now, was that Heather who saved me? No. Was that Mark? Was that my other roommates? No. Was that the musicians or the speaker? No. That was the spirit of the living God who removed my doubts, removed my sin and shame, and opened my heart to faith in Christ. But he used all of those people on mission. Even when it seemed it was impossible, it wasn't. If it was up to them, I'd be lost in my sin, but it wasn't. God used them, and he will use you. He will use us. Don't give up. Don't get frustrated. It's easy to think it'll never happen. You're forgetting. This is God we're talking about. Every one of us is a miracle. If you're sitting there going, I could never be saved. Oh, you, you're bigger than God? No way. Your sin is too big for the cross? No way. This is the spirit of the living God. Don't forget, every time we talk about this mission, don't think, I can't, I can't, I can't. No, you can't, but he can. Let him use you. And so I, I, I end this way and just say, like the angel said in the Jamie translation, get to work. Get to work. Right? This isn't just watching a few other people do this. This is all of us. And it's an awesome thing. You know, as, as I said at our elders retreat, we, we look back at, um, you know, 15 years or so ago when I first stood up here, it was like just a few of you were around back then. Um, and, and you were, for whatever reason, I remember thinking, why do they want to hear me talk about it? I don't even get it. Right? And then I, I, gr- I gradually realized, you don't want to hear me. You want to hear God through me. You want to hear God's word. And we look back and all that God has accomplished, people have been saved and baptized and sent out, right? I mean, it's not near as some other churches, but man, we look back and say, God has just done so many things with a ragtag group of people. And the thing is, we're not ever content. We're not going to get off the bus and say, well, we did our job. No, 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 no. We keep going. And it means hard work, wearying, exhausting at times, but it's the beautiful purpose of your life, Christian, is to be on mission, your personality, your gifts, your talents, your ministry. Right now, there's children's church workers saying, please, God, get him to shut up. But they're on mission with those kids, or even worse, in the nursery. Sometimes I think, I might be able to work some, some in children's church. I wouldn't be good at it, but I could do it. Nursery, no, no. But they're faithful, right? They're on mission. They are, right? So everything is that. It's not just a mission trip. The whole life and our purpose is that mission. And so simply, as we go through the book of Acts, it's just get to work. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we pray because we don't know what else to do. We pray and ask for you to continue to use us. It's just a a small church in New England, Lord, where so many don't know you. Use us. Use us to bless missionaries who are going throughout to the ends of the earth to other people groups. Bless them. May our finances and prayers be heard and used for your glory amongst them. But Lord, use us at home in our families, our communities. Use us in our schools and on our campuses. Lord, let us just... Give us an ever-increasing amount of patience with such darkness that's around us and let us see it as opportunity, not as a frustration and a source of anger, but instead a source of opportunity to tell our story. Lord, I pray that you will give each person 
who is in the sound of my voice an opportunity this week to pray for someone, to help someone, to bless someone, and to even be able to tell their story. Give us courage where we need it. Give, Lord, for those who are weary this morning, they kind of want to get off the bus, they're tired. Lord, give them the ability to preach and to testify to that story to themselves, their own heart, to be washed afresh with your grace in the struggle. Father, for anyone who's thinking and just knows I need a Savior, would you open their eyes of faith even now to step forward in faith and say, Jesus, save me. Lord, make them part of your story, what you're doing in this world. Help them to know that every last sin was paid in full on that cross and that you died and were buried. But three days later, you rose, ascended, and oh, Lord Jesus, you will come again in glory and power, and we await you, Lord Jesus. In the meantime, help us to get to work. And it's in Jesus' glorious, precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.